Now, Mr. Joy Unspeakable, <laughs> Raymond. Oh. I suppose we should start this out in good fashion, too, huh? Somebody asked me earlier this morning, how many are, are we going to hear the word unspeakable joy? Well, um, you know what? Unspeakable joy. First and foremost, I am here today. I am a living testament for that unspeakable joy. He spared me on Tuesday, and you know what? It's, it's, Satan was after me. He was after me. He didn't want me to speak today. He wants nothing to do with that. And in that hospital, talking to Tim and some very blessed men in my life, um, I quickly come to the conclusion that I'm not done here yet. I don't know what God has planned for me. I just need to walk in faith. And that walk in faith and re that relationship with him is where that unspeakable joy comes from. So... God has a plan for every relationship. Christians are unique in this world, and our uniqueness is shown in our involvement and interaction with other people. We as Christians have a testimony as being the children of God. Often all the world knows of Christ is what they see in a believer. That makes our relationships within our families and churches vital to our task of presenting Christ, the gospel to the world, to have a satisfying relationship and testimony, a couple, family, and church must have unity within their God-given union. They should strive to show the world the wonderful thing it is to be a Christian. Show that unspeakable joy. That does not mean we will be perfect. I am far from it. But it means we will live striving to always obey God. A famous guy named Bob, a lot of you guys know him, has said many times, we may be the only Bible someone sees. What does it look like? An unfaithful believer clouds the saving message of redemption in Jesus Christ. It is serious business for being a Christian not to be in harmony with God's plan for their life. That plan includes being in harmony with each other, our family, our friends, our business associates, anyone we see throughout the day. In our individual lives, if there is not a consistent outward testimony of righteousness, those around us cannot see Christ in us. Both we and they are worser for it. In our family, family's conflicts hinders the peace and joy that God intended for the family to have. It further sets an improper example and model for our children. I have two very blessed children that God gave me. Most times, what a child sees in his or her parents will be how they live their lives. Many times, the problems our children have are a result of strife between the husband and wife. All of that leads into my testimony that started just shy of, just over two years ago, November 2017. That is when the good Lord got a hold of me I gave my life to him. That alone is the easiest and the most difficult thing I have done in my life. 
it has grown into what it is today. Um, I, I, I struggled with it initially. Um, I got a song written by Zach Williams uh, that shook me pretty hard right about that time that I'd like to share first. And then I will roll right into this. I was a dead man walking, digging my own grave. I know where to turn, bridges burn, throw my life away. I was a rebel running until I found my end. Right at the place I heard your grace say I could start again. Everything changed when I fell on my knees. Everything changed when your love rescued me. From reckless and wild, faith like a child, I was never the same. Everything changed. for taking this dead man walking and bringing him back to life and changing his life and not only changing his life but changing his family's life and everything and everyone around him. Thank you for making me the glowing beacon of joy that you want me to be 
my relationship with my wife and my family was broken and done. My wife was in the process of, of divorce because I was a ruthless, broken, dead man that was hurtful in verbal and emotional ways. I was not caring. I did not support my family like I needed to. And I was not following God like I needed to, like I should have been doing. The thing is, I grew up and went to Sunday school every single Sunday of my life. I never missed a day. I had perfect attendance for Sunday school. But I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I hadn't given my life up. I didn't want to. That's probably the biggest thing. I didn't want to. I have control of this life. I understand this life. I'll give you the big things. I can take care of the small things. I can take care of my finances. I can take care of my, fi my family. I can take care of this. I can take care of that. I'll pray to you when I need to. It's, it's, uh, I'll pray to you when it's too big for me. There's a, there's a drastic difference between now and then. With all of that being said, now I want to know more. I want to help others. They come before me because my relationship with Christ is number one. Everything else has fallen in line, including my family. I made my family first, and it was falling apart. It was falling apart in front of my eyes. I had one, one very early morning when I had accepted Christ. I was given a book. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but it's, it's, it's called the Love Dare book. It was actually given to me by my mother-in-law. Of all people, my mother-in-law. She gave it to me because she treats me like a son. And she loves me like Christ loves me. This book is 31 days of Christ, of love. And I think it's on day three. I don't remember for sure. It basically asks you, Where's your relationship with Christ? Where are you at? And it walks you through that whole thing for all of those days. And reading the Bible for an entire year, talking to God every single day, morning, noon, night, all day long, praying and talking to him. It's, it's like I've said, it's an unspeakable joy that I didn't have before. It has continued to change me and grow me in two years. I can only imagine what he has ahead for me. Galatians 5, through 24. These are things, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It says fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit. That is one very big difference to me. If you are walking in the Spirit, all of those will show in you. If you're truly not, you're not walking in them. You need to get it right. The other thing is, it's, it's my wife walks a different walk. I tried initially to force her down the road that I was headed down. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to submit to me. It says so right here in the Bible. You know where that gets you? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere fast. It's not a good place. You need to serve others. You need to serve your spouse. That's, that's actually where the joy comes from. It's not in serving yourself. <sighs> Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. By the word. What's that? Oh, that's this Bible thing. Holy smokes, is there stuff in there? Who knew? I didn't before. I knew of the Bible. I had a Bible in my house. It, I, I know it collected more dust than anything. I probably read maybe two pages of it in the last 30-some years. Needless to say, over the last two years, I've read more in it than I did the entire 30-plus years before that. Remember the battle's God's. You need to surrender your life to God, and then you remember that the battle is his. If you're fighting through something, you're dealing with an issue, small, big, doesn't matter, have that conversation with him. Let him do the work. Pray to him, talk to him, understand him, listen to him. Find a quiet place. I've got one. It typically starts at 3 o'clock in the morning. <sighs> 3 o'clock in the morning. You think that's early. There was also another day that it started at 1.30. I'll probably touch on that. Listen to him. Listen to his cues. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be guided by all of those. Get in his word. Read it. Be guided by it. If you're feeling weak, Get in it more. Grow in it more. It'll strengthen you. Sphere of influence. It started with me surrendering my life to him. And after I did that and I started serving others is when that sphere broadened. I don't know if it actually started with my daughter Grace or my wife, but they noticed changes in me. I didn't notice them. I, it's, it's, God was at work. I, I, I didn't notice anything. I didn't notice any changes. I just noticed less anger, I suppose. Um, you know, I was reading in the Bible as far as the fruits of the Spirit. I'm like, yeah, I do a little more of that. Yeah, sure, I do a little more of that, but that ain't me. What is that? I know what that is. That's the Holy Spirit working in me. You know what? You just keep on doing that. I'm all right with that. <laughs> I saw changes in my children. I saw changes in my wife. I saw changes in my son. I, 
I've seen changes in my work. It's not because of me. It's just me surrendering and letting God do the work. One day, we were headed home from Christian Fellowship. Um, I wasn't quite done reading through the Bible for the year. We were doing that here, what, two years ago, read through the Bible in a year. Uh, I think it was the middle to the tail end of the summer, so I was probably, what, three-quarters of the way through it. (laughs) Gracie's sitting over there in the passenger seat, and she goes, Dad, what are you going to do when you finish reading the Bible? I mean, normally when you read a book, you're done with it. You're just done with it. I'm like, right. There's a problem with, with that whole statement because the Bible isn't just a book. It's the Word of God. It's anointed by Him. Um, I looked it up once as far as the quantity of authors and the way it was put together and all of the stuff that's behind the scenes. The biggest thing that's behind the scenes, God did it. And it has so much stuff in it that it's literally alive. You can read one verse, one chapter today, it'll mean something completely different three weeks from now. Because the Holy Spirit will speak to you and guide you and lead you down the path that he needs you to go down. I told her that. I don't know if she fully understood that right away. I know she took it to heart. I've seen it in her. Ephesians 6, 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Admonition, you ask. Gentle, friendly counsel. Not, you need to do this. You need to get this done. You do it gently, you do it lovingly, you do it caringly. What a difference that makes. Remember that everyone's walk isn't the same as your walk. My wife used to read the Bible all the time, all the time. She found comfort, she found joy in God's word because of my attitude, she gravitated away from that. It still hurts me that I caused some of that because all of our actions have consequences. But all of that, God also works for good, all of it. What you need to do is you need to walk beside them and help them not telling them what to do, just guide them with a loving hand and a loving heart. Grow at God's pace, sometimes it's patience, a whole heck of a lot of patience. I have a five-year-old, you need a lot of patience. Sometimes it's trust, stepping out in trust, stepping out in faith. I don't know where you want me to go, God. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't really want to stand up there. I don't really want to do this. You know what? What did you call me to do, though? Okay, yep, I'll do that. I'll step out in faith. I'll I'll do that. Sometimes it's love, just love. Be patient, and I will show you how to trust in me, and I will provide. Oh, my gosh, has he provided. I mean, it's, it's Tuesday, the easiest, quickest, 
most recent example. Talk about a hedge of protection there. Um, I'll show you the picture later of my car. It is totaled. It's, it definitely took the brunt of the beating. Um, Satan didn't want me to speak today. He's been beating on me on that for golly jeepers weeks, I suppose. Um, I walked in faith as far as what I was supposed to speak about. I'm like, yeah, I gave a testimony before. It's not that big of a deal. I need to do something else. What else do I need to do? Well, that was told to me last week too. I was given a testimony by someone that I didn't even know they had a testimony and multiple other things throughout the week. And all right, I guess I need to start there. Who knows where else he's got me lead at? Who, who, where else am I headed? I don't know. I'll walk in faith. That's the fun part. He takes care of all of it. Talking about God in all conversations, being thankful all the time. I'm in a serious car accident on Tuesday morning at 7.19. The last thing I am thinking about is being in a car accident at 7.19 on Tuesday morning. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. After, I suppose you could say, I come to because I can't remember a couple minutes of uh, the initial, I saw the vehicle, when the collision initially happened, and then I remember seeing the lights, all of the airbags off in my car inside. I remember faintly screaming. And I had somebody reach in and asked if I was okay. Like, if you're asking if I'm okay and I can hear you, I'm okay. I'm registering, you know what, can I feel this, can I feel that, can I move my hands, can I move my arms, can I feel my legs, can I feel my toes, can I see, I can't see, everything is an absolute blur, I have no idea if that's the powder that's from the airbags that probably saved my life, that God created, along with every other technology that was put in that car to keep me alive, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. He went and checked on the other vehicle. Somebody else come back. The ambulance was there. The gentleman there asked me if I was okay, if I could move. I'm like, I can move. I think I can move. My leg hurts, but I can move. I got out of the car. They put me on the stretcher. They put me in the ambulance. They take me to Perm. On the way to Perm, I can't see, everything's foggy, everything's, everything's blurry, everything's a haze. I'm like, what the heck happened to me? How come I can't see right now? I'm like, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. I look up at him and I'm like, do you mind praying with me? He looks at me with a puzzled look on his face. He, yeah, yeah, we can do that. I'm like, I need to pray for the other individual first. I need to pray for her that she's first and foremost okay. She's going to be okay. I need you to protect her too, Lord. You already protected me. 
You already walked me through this. Holy cow. So we prayed. Not about me. It's not about me. It's about others. I pray for peace for them. I pray for understanding for them. I didn't see that car. Where did that car come from? I get to the hospital. I'm in the bed. They're checking me out. They're taking x-rays. They're doing all their stuff. All I want to do is get out of there. I want to go home and rest. That's enough excitement for the next rest of my life. They check me out. I'm okay. I'm bruised. I'm not broken. I am beyond, beyond thankful. If it weren't for God, I wouldn't be alive today. I am a living testament of that. Now that I got off track, some of the hindsights that I've seen in my family, Gracie, she does devotions with Amanda. They do a monthly devotion where Amanda and Grace, they go off and they go have a, I don't know, a chai tea and a smoothie over in Perm and find a quiet place for, I don't know, most of the day to talk about God, to do a devotion, to read in the Bible, to just talk about God. You know, how's that relationship? How's that growth? Where are we headed? What are we doing? Just, you know, mother-daughter day. Cole does the same thing with Amanda. And during those times, I spend time in the Bible. I spend time with the other one at home. It allows Amanda to disconnect, to reconnect with God, with our children. Grace, oh my goodness. She reads to Cole at night out of a devotion book she asked me for. Who does that? My daughter. And Bible stories. That's a, that's a funny story in itself. So my daughter comes to me one day. She's like, Dad, can we get another Bible story book or a Bible book or a devotion or something along those lines that's not just these kids' stories? Can I have something with more, I call it, more meat and potatoes to it? I'm like, uh, yeah, certainly. What are you looking for? So we did some searching. We did some looking together. We found one. Now what does she do? She reads it to Cole at night as a bedtime story. They're given their 10, 20 minutes of talk time between the two of them, and what are they talking about? Jesus, Bible stories. What a, a Talk about an evening of absolute joy that I am filled with. You know, and it's, it's, she struggled with reading too. <sighs> Poor girl. She was given a good old crutch of struggling with reading. God takes care of that too. She reads in the Bible. She reads really well in the Bible. Who knew? She sings to the Lord daily. If there is a Christian song on, she's singing it. If there isn't, she'll find it. Cole talks to Jesus throughout the day, all day long. 
It's just, he just does. It's such a fun, joy-filling experience to see the changes in my family. Just the changes in my family. We were out cutting wood one day. Cole was on the wood truck, just in the back in the pickup box, doing his own thing. I'm out cutting and cutting, and I stop for a second, and I see him over there just dancing away and hollering whatever he's hollering. I walk over there. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm singing to Jesus. Did you hear me? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm running a chainsaw over there. What are you singing? I'm singing to Jesus. I am thankful. I am happy. I am, I, I, I am so happy for what's out here. I'm happy for my sister. I love you, Dad. I love Mom. I'm just thankful for Jesus. I'm like, who are you? You're my kid. I love you too. I might have shed a tear or two. I pray over my children daily. That is something I certainly never did before. That is something that I do not miss at night. I go to the cities once a month for my job. Sometimes it's more often than that. When I am in a hotel room, I pray over my children there. That is my job. That is my duty as a father. To follow Christ. To follow his lead. To bring my children up in him. It's very, very important to me that they have that foundation, especially in today's world. We're peculiar people. I know that. I've seen it. I've been told that. I've been told by people, you have a strange happiness about you. Yeah, I can't hold it in all the time. My bad. Changes in me. Just a few of those changes are reading the Bible. Um, you know, getting in the Word, getting into that understanding, getting into that growth. Uh, I do a Bible class on Monday nights, three hours of absolute filling joy. It is a three-year course that we go from the front to the back of the Bible in detail, in depth. What's the history of it? How did the Israelites get out of Egypt? How does Egypt line up with the Bible? How does this happen and how did that happen? And all of it. I mean, it's, it's, it gives me a history lesson. Um, it gives the life of Christ. Uh, we did that last semester. Holy smokes. I, I, I had no idea that the Jewish, um, that's the word I'm looking for, festivals had what they had to do um, back then. It all makes sense. When you have the whole story and you understand the whole story, I know this book is real. I mean, since I experienced it before that, and now I experience it that way, I can share it to people that I know are Jewish. I'd have never thought that before either. Who'd have thought I can reach out to people that aren't Christians, that have a Jewish background, and I can change their life? Like he changed mine. Wait a minute. 
That's walking in faith. I like this. Men's group Thursday. <laughs> Beat up, broken, rough shape. I was here Thursday. My wife brought me here. <laughs> Can't even drive, and Raymond's got to get to Bible study on Thursday morning. And you know, I could have said, I need you to bring me to Bible study on Thursday, Bible, Bible study men's group on Thursday morning. I could have been a jerk about it. I could have said, I have to go there. Honey, do you mind getting up at six o'clock in the morning and bringing me to men's group on Thursday morning? Absolutely. Did you just say absolutely? Absolutely. Are you sure you have to be there by six? Well, I could probably be there by seven, I suppose. They're probably not going to let me be in the kitchen anyway. So she brings me here, and it's quarter to seven. She's not a morning person at all, not even remotely. But that heart, that heart of gold that God has worked in, mine and hers, my family's, yeah, I'll take care of you. I'll run you over there. No big deal. Absolutely. I know where you're fed. She brings me to that. I go to that every Thursday. I go to one church service now here at Christian Fellowship. At one point in time, I was actually doing three. I was doing Chapel on the Hill. I was doing out at Cowboy Church. And I was doing here. Brian changed my life. He's actually the one that counseled me and worked me through getting my crap together. Brian has... He's beyond a blessing. He is a very true dear friend of mine. So is Caleb back there in that booth. So is Tim. So is my wife. So are all the men at Thursday morning. They have all blessed me in each and every single different way that God has gifted them. They keep me in line. They keep me on the straight and narrow. And they tell me, to continue to have faith and to walk that walk, to continue to have that joy. Funny thing about that is, it's, it's like I said, Brian, okay, I gave, a test, uh, I gave a testimony out at Cowboy Church. So I looked it up. It was actually on October 7th. I was saying the same thing. Um, he asked me, I think it was roughly a week before, I hemmed and hawed about it. I'm like, I don't really want to stand up front. I, it's, yeah, no, I don't really want. It's, he's like, think about it, pray about it. I don't need to know right away, but I need to know soon. Let me know. So I'm mulling it over. I'm praying about it. I'm talking to God about it. I go to bed one night, and this is on a Monday, nonetheless. I'm up at 1.30 in the morning on Monday morning. I needed an hour and a half of extra time to bawl my eyes out, to talk to God about doing a simple testimony, about walking in faith. After that, three o'clock rolls around where I'm normally up between three and five o'clock every morning, reading the Bible, doing my devotions. 
I needed extra time that morning, I guess. So I carry on through my day, knowing that, yep, I'm doing that. I have to do that walk. It's, it's God's going to take care of it. He's going to walk me through it. I call up Brian, tell him I'm good to go. No idea what I'm going to say, no idea what I'm going to do. I'm thinking it's a five, ten minute testimony, no big deal. I mull that over for the week. I walk through that. Sunday afternoon rolls around, three o'clock, church is at six. Like, I suppose I should sit down and I should type this up or write this up so I know what I'm going to have an outline of what I'm going to do. A couple little things that Tim's, tips that Tim has given me, discipleship. So, in my life, I have never, ever written out an outline, let alone written up a speech, if that's what you want to call it, in less than an hour, and it's absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. I have moved stuff around in an outline in my college days, in my house, high school days, and all of that stuff. It never falls into place. This one, all in place. Almost like God had a hand in it. So I walked through that. And all of those changes as far as the church services and stuff like that, I was up at 1.30 that morning. I went to work that whole day. I had a three-hour sit in a classroom. Granted, I absolutely loved the material. Three hours till 9.30 at night. I wasn't tired at all. God pulled me through that entire day. That entire day. I'm normally to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock, I suppose. And I'm, like I said, I'm normally up at 3, 4, maybe 5 o'clock, not 1.30 in the morning. I slept absolutely peaceful that evening, and I woke up for another wonderful day of following Christ. I walked that entire week that way. I have continued to walk that walk. I saw things with the men on Thursday for balance. I needed balance, okay? So you can chase after the word too much too. Whoa, no, 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 you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't have too much church services. You can't have too much time away in Bible studies. You can't have too much time in Bible classes. Wait a minute. I've been called to follow him. He takes care of the rest. Okay, so do I need to participate in this one? No, nope. I need to be home with my family. I need to be talking to them about the Bible and about the world outside of here. I need to have Christ in every conversation that I'm a father. I need to be that father figure for my kids. If I'm gone all the time, I'm not that father figure either. So how do I create that balance? God, please give me that balance. Okay. I go here every Sunday when I'm able to make it and not you know, ditch in church in the ditch. 
That was a whole other story. I won't even share that one today. It's just, it's awe-inspiring the work that he does in my life every single day. Oh, boy. Um, Hebrews 7.25 Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He's on our side. I've seen it. He's on mine. Psalms 118.14 The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. I am so thankful for that. It ain't because of me. I am beyond broken. But he fixed me. He works with me. Psalms 23, 1 through 6. This is a whole other story. I should probably cover this one later. This one has actually ultimately become my light verse, I guess you could say. The Lord is my shepherd. That is my relationship with him. I shall not want. He will take care of all of my needs. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He provides me the rest that I need. I saw that on that Monday. I've seen that all week. He leads me beside the still waters. He provides me with refreshments. He provides me with everything that I need when I need it at the perfect time. I have worry. I have doubt. I have fear. I have all of those human actions, reactions. He takes care of all of them. He restores my soul. He restores the healing in my soul, the brokenness that I was, the dead man walking that I was. He healed it. He continues to heal it. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Boy, is he a good guide. For his name's sake, his purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, testing, tested on Tuesday, tested throughout the week, how do you walk through those trials and tribulations and those tests? Do you walk through them with Christ and learn from them and grow in faith? Or you go the other direction? I will fear no evil. He has protected me beyond measure on just the things I know. I don't even know of some things, I'm sure. For you are with me, faithfulness. He says it time and time and time again that he is faithful. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He provides discipline when I need it, guidance when I need it. You know what? There, there's repercussions on some things that you do sometimes too. You learn from those too. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hope. Hope, hope, hope. I have so much hope. You anoint my head with oil. I was declared his the day I surrendered my life. My cup runs over. The gifts, the blessings, the thankfulness. I'm alive. I'm blessed with the finances I have. I'm blessed with the family I have. I'm blessed with the family here I have. I'm blessed with a vehicle that I'll end up with. Who knows what that is? The blessings are in abundance. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have a secured spot. When I surrendered my life, something changed in my heart. Something changed in my mind. I know I'm secure there. I know I'm safe there. He said so. He said so. And he told me personally, in order to follow in that joy and have that faith, I just need to look to him and follow it. That's what we all need to do to have that joy here on a broken, dying world. I have that joy and I share it because I like to, because I want to, because I want somebody else to experience that joy. That joy that is a free gift, all you have to do is accept it. That's it. And he'll change your life. I got home. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read a prayer that was given to me by God himself. On the second, please join me. Um, Lord, I pray right now to show me not only how to pray, but provide me the wisdom and knowledge to grow stronger in you, to lead my family, friends, strangers, enemies, and others closer to you, to be made aware of you, to see the blessings that you provide monthly, weekly, daily, hourly, that we don't even recognize at the time. Please grow in me and my family so that we can better serve you and grow in faith so that we step out in faith more often. Let us feel protected, Lord, in your armor that you have provided us. Thank you for the continued blessings that you shower on me, my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help me to lead them, follow them, be guided by your word on what to pray throughout the day, on what I need to do to share you, God, to others. Thank you for saving me, my marriage, my family, and the continued faithfulness that you continue to provide when I falter daily. You bring me up, you strengthen me, help me to forgive, to forget, to move on, and better serve you. Thank you for that strength, that bond that is always there, whether I see it or not. Thank you, Lord, for your guiding spirit, the Holy Spirit, that works in me all day to be closer to you, to have a relationship with you, to understand what you want to, me to do today and in my life. Please continue to do that even when I falter. Help me to stay on track. Please strengthen my faith, Lord. Be with me always. In your holy name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Go ahead. The entire front end is where the tires are. I can access everything in the engine compartment without lifting the hood. 
Um, it was an accident between Highway 10 and County Highway 60. Uh, I was at the intersection. She was coming down Highway 10. It's considered a head-on. Um, I was coming this way. That is not a 90-degree intersection. And I didn't see the car. I have no idea where that car come from. I looked, and I looked. I have no idea where that car come from. We ended up in the southwest ditch. When the trooper pulled up, he fully anticipated two fatalities. When he found out that there wasn't, he was also thankful. He told me that if it would have been four to five years ago with technologies without airbags and all the other technologies that the good Lord has blessed me with in that vehicle and her vehicle, we wouldn't be alive today. I am standing here. She is in the hospital in Fargo. Um, I pray for peace for her and her family and quick healing. She is walking around already. It ended up shattering one of her bones in her right leg and she had a compound fracture that they were able to pin together in the other. Um, like I said, I am beyond thankful that I am alive today. God ain't done with me yet. Um, I'm thankful for that hedge of protection. I have no idea what that trial has entailed for me. Um, I'm thankful for airbags. I'm thankful that there's a crumple zone in a car. I'm thankful that there's an ambulance service that was able to take me to the Perm Hospital. I'm thankful that the trooper and everybody else that stopped that day on Highway 10 to make sure that everybody's okay. They did their part. I'm thankful for the EMT that prayed with me at the hospital in the ambulance. I'm thankful for the doctors. I'm thankful God put them in, in my path. I'm beyond blessed. Beyond blessed. Tuesday is just another testament of it. I can walk. I may be sore. I may be bruised. But I ain't broken. God fixed me. That's all I got. <laughs>